Step aside, Fallout, Outer Worlds is here. Game Awards Part 2. Hello and welcome to Triangle Square Day PlayStation Podcast. I am your host, Brett Beck, and alongside me, Mr. I was going to say, where's the Mr. at? Saw Bridges bringing you guys lucky episode 89. 89. 89, wine and dine. It's not nearly as fun as 69, but 89, that's 89, okay. it's going to be a fun time. Well, this is a wholesome adult show. I mean, I'm sorry, a wholesome family show. <laughs> Unlike the reader mails that we do. Which could go off of the beaten path. Uh, with that being said, we are Triangle Square at a PlayStation podcast. Uh, and if this is your first time joining us, you can normally find us on YouTube in video format on Mondays at 10 a.m. PST and 12 p.m. CST uh, for our Southern people that are joining us. Um, it sucks to be in the South, but howdy. <laughs> Vince says howdy so much that I keep in my mind being like, were you at one point in time in the South? A cowboy. And it didn't work. Uh, he, he apparently grew up majority in California. Why are Californians saying howdy? Yeah, y'all have no right. The gold rush. Until you own a horse. The oh, gold yeah, rush. The Beverly Hillbillies. Dang, they were the original Hillbillies. Howdy. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far. Anyway, you can uh, subscribe to us on there. Hit the little bell notification. Let you know when our stuff comes out as soon as it comes out. Uh, like we said, every Monday and occasional Fridays, or at least the first Friday of every month. And then Saul's uh, plans he has, uh, you know, when he's not tricking people in the Discord, he might be coming back to his Saul Plays series. Real soon. So uh, we, if you want to talk about what we've talked about in the episodes we'd love to hear your thoughts in the comment section below or let us know what you do and don't like about the show down there if you want to listen to us in audio format only you can do so on a multitude of podcast services including itunes uh google play music google podcast and of course spotify these days though there are plenty other across ipods there uh, you know iphones and android devices alike or if you just want to listen to us on computer you can do so as well if you want to find us on social media we are on twitter at triangle sqrd uh, some rat butthole <laughs> had taken triangle squared so we couldn't get that in but if you like what we're doing you can talk to us on there we do different giveaways and stuff there we do a heavy facebook group which is triangle squared a playstation podcast if you will send a request we will gladly accept you into that group so you can talk and hang out with people there uh, and of course you can support us on patreon at at oh sorry nartech gaming uh, that is our umbrella that we have we decided we wanted to do everything under um we like nartechs or we like narwhals and we like tech or at least i do so, so no, where's what's your stance on narwhals they're majestic okay i'm glad that we're in the same rail mill yeah but to be fair this was started when we had three people and two of us really love narwhals enough yeah y'all really really love narwhals i just think they're pretty dope yeah narwhals are cool majestic's a good word though man that's like yeah really hammers people in people don't realize they're real creatures well and what else people don't realize is that the horn that goes through their head is actually a tooth yep which Metal. is also cool uh but they eat um they eat things that people also like like sea lions and stuff so there's uh, that <laughs> sea doggies sorry 
if you did not know that going into this. Uh, where was I going with this? Oh, you can also join the never-ending chat in Discord where we get real riled up and crazy sometimes. Uh, and Kiki sometimes says inappropriate things. And I beat um, everybody who tries to challenge me in Smash Brothers. Oh, yeah. Uh, Saul currently is the undisputed Discord champion in the new Smash Brothers game. So if you want to come and take that, that throne from him, please join the Discord. The link for it is in the description below. Hop on in, challenge him. Um, but, you know, my boy's pretty good as long as he's got Toon Link. If he doesn't have Toon Link, no, I, I was messing people with Cloud last night, sir. Okay, Cloud is a Cloud and Bayonetta are also like really easy to do well with. No, that ain't true. I, I disagree greatly, at least from my experience Cloud with the Wii U is, version. Is high rating. Uh, by the way, I've played a lot of Smash Brothers this this uh, this weekend. I guess we'll move into yeah, that. we'll move into what we've been playing. So yeah, Smash Brothers, everything, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think Cloud's up there on the meta list. I don't pay attention to competitive Smash that much. So. He was for a good stint in the Wii U edition, but then again, Bayonetta came in and just knocked everybody out. I definitely know Toon Link isn't. Toon Link is pretty pretty far down the last time I looked. But uh, Smash Brothers and Destiny, um, that's kind of been it. I actually just started playing Smash Brothers the day of release, at fr Friday. And now it is Sunday when we are recording, and tomorrow... Well, you technically played Thursday night. No, I didn't. Right? Or did you not pick it up until Friday? We recorded Reader Bell Thursday night. Oh, yeah, you're right. So, My yeah, bad. I, uh, I I probably have about 15 hours on it so far. I feel like I put a lot into it um, over the past. Like, we played for two hours last night, roughly. Considering that it's Sunday at, like, 5 o'clock, yeah, that's a, that's a lot. It is, yeah. Like, two hours last night uh, just with them. And I was playing for, like, an hour and a half beforehand. So that's three and a half hours there on just Sunday. Well, Destiny 2 has and been... And I was on Friday my thing uh and i have a kidney stone if you heard the uh, other episode where we did audio only because i felt terrible and i still feel terrible but you know what we have traditions to upkeep and standards uh but because of that i've been bedridden a lot and falling asleep a lot because of pain medicine so i've been playing a ton of runescape old school runescape on phones because it's easy to just lay there wake up after sleeping for three to four hours and then play for an hour or two is that what you did last night when we were supposed to record oh no i just straight fell asleep no, I'm talking about you woke up and played RuneScape. Oh, yeah. Whenever we were, when I woke up, yeah, and you were like, we're just going to do it tomorrow. I was like, back to RuneScape. <laughs> yeah, I was just like, well, we were supposed to do this 30 minutes almost ago. And I started playing old school hungry. RuneScape uh, about what, two weeks ago almost? And I really picked up back heavily into it, uh, I'd say last weekend. And in this week's time, because I've slept a lot, I've gotten quite far. I've done pretty much every free to play quest there is, I've gotten pretty high level. And I'm about to probably buy into a membership because I'm to the point where free-to-play is about uh, exhausted. O-V-E-R. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have a cap like Warcraft uh, or anything like that. Or I think even Final Fantasy, uh, did they have it to where it's free up until a certain level? Yeah. Um, well, no, I don't think so. Not for the base game. Really? That's surprising because most of the time that's what MMOs do to try and get people to stay or at least get newcomers to come in actually uh, is to make it to where you can get to like I think Warcraft is level 30 up to level 30 is free uh, but that's also the level where all, you actually start getting cool stuff in Warcraft. I could be completely wrong but well according to like Heavensward which is uh, no no I'm looking for a Realm Reborn. Oh, you, are you trying to check and see if it's set up like that? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, you know, we've been talking about going back and playing it, or you and Kiki and Vince and everybody has. I'm not necessarily against it. I just don't want to spend a lot of money and then also spend money on a... Um, no, I told him I told him in the chat today, I was like, I'll buy you the game. You, I, so that I way you, you'll eat the $15 month cost, and then it's like, you don't like it by the end of the month? We'll cancel it. Okay, yeah, fair enough. We'll see about that. At worst, you lose $15 for hanging out with friends. Yeah, 
All right. Well, I think that is uh, time for us to move into the releases. So hop into the drop. Good sir. Oh, my God. He did it. Uh, For those that don't know, no, you did it right, actually. (laughs) I didn't mess with you. Okay. Yeah, you did it right. Well, first of all, I bodied you last episode. Um, So you did. Yeah. I made you say episode 30 or 87. Ah, So you just said episode 37. Yeah. For those, I have excuses. <laughs> for those that don't know, the drop is this week's weekly PlayStation releases across all platforms. First up on the list, we have Atari Flashback Classics for the PS Vita. We have Atari Flashbacks Classics Volume 3 for the PS4. BB and Tina the Movie Game for PS4. Netflix coming out here hard. BB Bloxburg The Great Witch Broom Race 3 for PS4. I told two. Brent we have been doing this for almost two years now, and I never recall there being one or two. I feel like these are probably phone games, and then the third one's the it first looks, time that it's coming over to consoles. It looks exactly but like But more it. importantly, how is a Netflix series that was poorly received getting two games in the same week? Sony paid them money, or they paid Sony money, either way. Yeah, I mean, well, Sony's just like, hey, do it. We're going to make money off of the kids who want to play this horse something game on the one. I don't know. I wonder how much those cost. Uh, we have Borderlands 2 VR for PlayStation VR. Desert Child for PS4. Double Switch, 25th Anniversary Edition for PS4. Dragonfly Chronicles for PS Vita. Earth Defense Force 5 for PS4. There you go. My, my mouse will. There I assume go. that Ryan should be excited about that. He likes the Earth Defense Force series. Was it I still Ra- never Ryan it. and someone else? I think there's someone else. Was it Shoko? Shoko, yeah. Yeah, I think that that's right. Escape Game Aloha for PS4. Gungrave VR. Gun VR UN. Yeah, I don't know what that's trying to be. I don't either. The United Nations release. <laughs> uh, maybe so, but that's obviously for PSVR. Getting a physical release, that's interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that either. Uh, it looks really cool. They've showed it off at the uh, PSX last couple of years, and it looks really good, and they're obviously putting a lot of work into trying to make it work out. But that's a series that's not been seen since PS2. Coming back in VR is a very odd thing for it, but it may be best for it, because I, I think that... As a series, if it was trying to stick to what it was about and kind of like close to those roots, that wouldn't fly so much with modern game design. But when you're doing it in something like VR, where it's more about the immersion of what's going on and sometimes older game design and game you know, game design language can be pulled off a little bit better because you're immersed with having, you know, you're immersed in the moment. So it doesn't necessarily matter. Whereas it would bother you a lot more if you were playing with a controller. Right. So, yeah, eh, I don't know. makes sense. Uh, we have Idle Champions of the Forgotten Realms for PS4. Kingdom Come, or Kingdom 2 Crowns, not Kingdom Come 2, uh, for PS4. Kingmaker Rise to the Throne for PS4. Night Trap 25th Anniversary Edition for PS Vita. Redmaster for PSVR. Richie's Plank Experience for PS4. Wow, that looks like a VR game, but it's not. That Wow, is it not really? Nope, that's weird. Uh, so hold on. Are you telling me that someone's going to pay money to go and pretend walk out on a plank from everything that this is telling me and not doing it in VR? Even the shoes are empty. Like, like, yeah, like VR when you're playing shoes. VR. Yeah. We have <laughs> Smash Hit Plunder for PSVR. Prey Typhon Hunter for PSVR. The Video Kid for PS4. Warbot for PSVR. And that's the last one on the list. What was, there was a game that you mentioned on there that I think was an old Sega Genesis game or something like it. It was one of the 25th anniversaries. Yeah. The 25th anniversary or whatever. Um, what was it called? Uh, I closed night trap. That's what it is. Yeah. I remember very, very loosely. It was a Sega Genesis CD game. Huh? 
Weird. Yeah, I have no idea. It's crazy how games come back. You know what I mean? Like, one of the things that this generation and even late last generation showed me was, like, when they started taking all of the uh, Sega Dreamcast games and putting them onto PS4 or PS3, uh, I'm sorry, um, which was awesome. Being able to play uh, Sonic Adventure 1 and 2 on the PS3 was so much better than trying to play it on Dreamcast. Dude, Sonic Adventure 2 is amazing. Well, it's one of those things like you you go back to the Dreamcast and as much as I love it, it's just a very much a product of its age. And the number one thing that's weird about it is when you go to play the controller, not only is the controller very big and the analog stick in an odd spot, but the analog uses something that Nintendo for years would not move away from. They did it even with the Wii nunchuck. The uh, octagonal or... I don't even know how many sides it has, but I, it feels like an octagon. Um, but it's that, or maybe even a hexagon, but on the analog stick to where like when you roll the analog stick, it hits a hard corner. It's not a circle like it is on newer controllers. I actually, I actually didn't mind that. I hate I, I, those. Just, just the fact that that's never, it's never been brought to my attention until now. I guess it means that I'm I mean, fine with it. I guess certain games when you're actually trying to control a character with it and you're needing to make like an actual kind of slow rotation over and you go to do it and you're met with like a resistance because you can't just continuously circle like you can on a PlayStation controller or something, you know, of the modern uh, gaming eras. I mean, pretty much I haven't seen that outside of Nintendo because I want to say, did, I'm, I'm didn't certain. the GameCube even have it? No, the GameCube's analog stick was had the uh, rounded... The um, 64 did. The, yeah. yeah, the GameCube one had the same thing. I'm 99% sure. I'm pretty sure that there was a Mad Cats controller for an Xbox 360 that had uh, an angled uh, grip as well. I don't know. It's such a weird thing to me that they would do that. Yeah, look. The GameCube controller had it too. Are you talking about the housing for the analog? Yes. I thought you were about the grip on the analog. No, 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 no. Why would your, why would your thumb hit that? I'm not talking about that. It's that when you go, it's that the stick is not able to just keep swiveling. Oh, like I you're met you said with a corner. Thumb. I was like, okay, I can see how that would be comfortable on an analog stick. But. No, 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 no. I just meant like so for people who can't see. Essentially, what I'm talking about is the housing for the uh, right. uh, analog stick itself is and is octagonal or whatever instead of oh, it's an octagon just turned sideways to where the cardinal directions on it are essentially in North a corner and, yeah. or in a corner. Um, but I don't like that because like instead of like games where you're actually trying to do fine movements and needing to like kind of swivel, you hit and then you can't swivel naturally. You're having to like slide and then slide and you keep hitting. A, I don't guess like a I ever had that problem. Faux barrier. Now I really want to get a GameCube controller though. You know what's funny is I almost think, never beat me at that point. I almost think that the GameCube controllers for the Wii U. Is this it? No, that's the new one. Yeah, it still has it. I didn't know if they took it off. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can't stand that. Oh, it's dude, weird to the me. The GameCube is one of the best controllers ever made. I mean, I'll argue again, but I will say this. The PS2. The GameCube controller GameCube. was the first time that Nintendo ever made a competent controller to me. Well, I was going to say, no, it's the SNES controllers. Well, I don't really count the SNES controllers or any controllers. Hold on. What I mean by that is that there's far less inputs on those. Uh, like, okay, you know, they, they normally saying, yeah. didn't. Like, they weren't. What I guess I mean is by once PlayStation came in and uh, essentially brought in with it the L1, L2, or L2, R2, uh, you know, multiple triggers. Um, in general, I mean, when you think about it, those old, I, I can't remember, was SNES the one that just had AB uh, and ABXY? 
it was a four button setup as well, and then a D pad, and that was it. Right. And then it had single singular triggers. Yeah, yeah. So again, it not was the far same off. As, it was same as Nintendo, but also those they were just like brick controllers. You know, they they didn't have ergonomics to them. They're just yeah, those square. controllers are uncomfortable. Yeah, they're very uncomfortable. Uh, and that's I guess what I mean is that like then you have the sixty four, which was ergonomically weird because why in the hell would you have a handle in the middle to where oh. you constantly have to move your hand? Yeah, never mind. NES controllers have A B. I, th- I was thinking X Y for some reason. They well, A B and S Y is on the S. Right, which no, is no, also I, a brick controller. I was correcting myself though. Yeah. No, it's not a brick controller. It's curved. Yeah, you're right. It's it's it's, it's, it's a brick in the middle, but it goes and curves off. Welcome to uh Yeah, you're right. You're right. To A B Star Select, the, the Nintendo podcast. Look, my point being is that this is what I hate about those weird controllers and going back and playing the Sonic on a new console generation that did not have that problem nope. was a lot more fun to me. Nope. Sonic Adventure 2 Battle was the best iteration which was on the, the game GameCube iteration, right? Yep. That's the best iteration. Best. I mean, I I disagree. Best. Um, But that's also because I never played it. I remember that it existed. What did it add? Because I know with the battle tag, it had to have done something. I assume there was some form of... Well, the Dreamcast version had multiplayer, I swore. So it couldn't have been just multiplayer. I don't know if it played... I don't know if it had multiplayer. I just know that it still had the Chow Garden in it, and it still had everything... Similar, and then an awesome City Escape song was still in it. Yeah. Boom, boom, brick it boom, boom, boom. Uh, <laughs> it's amazing. I love it. The goes so hard. It's one of my favorite songs ever. Uh, anyway, that was quite the tangent, and I apologize. I hope yeah. that doesn't happen a lot this episode. Saul, try and keep me in line. It's not going to happen a lot this episode, because I am hungry. My brain is very all over the place right now, because well, uh, uh, I should be medicated, but I'm not, so that I don't sleep, well, well, because Brett, we bring this to you. Let me uh, guide you into the news. Thank you, good sir. Here we are in the news. Uh, first things first, and this is pretty cool, but it's already said and done, so this is just more for you to know now. The PS4 release of the PS2 Classic Jack and Daxter, the Precursor Legacy, received a physical and collector's edition release from Limited Run Games, but sold out almost instantly, which most of their cool products do. The collector's edition included the soundtrack for the game, an art-slash-design book, uh, a USB drive that looked like a PS2 memory card, which is actually pretty cool, uh, a trade card pack which is always weird to me i don't know why they're ever in there doom came with it and i still have that doom trading card pack i didn't even see the point opening it because yeah it's useless they're all the same cards as far as i can recall and what are you trading them for you can't use them for battle or anything i've never understood trading cards that didn't have an actual purpose well baseball cards i can see collecting a team and stuff well and because they were different years so it was like they had different stats and stuff right i was never into that i I didn't get that when i was growing up me either but i guess my thing is when you're playing with a trading card like in, when I actually think of trading cards, it's like, I'm like you could play against. People. Yes, because you're trading with the uh, potential to be able to better utilize the card that you traded off or that you traded for. So eh. anyway, uh, and it also came with a metal replica of a precursor orb, which is pretty cool. Uh, the company plans to do the same thing for the other PS2 entries in the series, uh, aiming for all to be released by June 2019. So that'll be Jack 2, Jack 3, and including Jack Team Racing, which is pretty cool, or Jack X Racing. Um, as long as I can get two. Yeah, two's a really good, interesting And game, if they actually. do Daxter, boy, will I be happy. They didn't do Daxter, and they they should. That'd be really cool. Josh, you're failing me. <laughs> he actually watches this, and he's like, no, I failed Saul, the one person that I've I'll never wanted you, to fail. I'll give you monies. Oh, uh, yeah. In well. return for product. <laughs> All right. Despite modest sales, uh, Bethesda offer a final update add-on for Prey titled Typhon Hunter, which we went over in the uh, drop. 
So what it is, is it will add a new multiplayer mode uh, and a VR-only single-player experience for the game. And for players who own the digital deluxe edition of the game, you'll get it for free. Or if you purchase the Moon Crash DLC, it'll also be free for there. But it is the final thing that they're doing for the game, which makes sense. Uh, you know that game actually... It's one of those weird games where Tank's a lot of people... Really bad. It didn't sell very well, and it didn't necessarily review super hot. That was another game that went on sale not too long after release. Yeah. I just now realized that. That's two Bethesda games in the past year, not this current year, because Prey came out late last year. Yeah, I want to say it was, what, August 17? No. It was... I'm pretty sure it was. I can't remember, but I do remember it's it's been at least a full year. I, it didn't come out this year. I remember I bought it, played about half of it, and it just never gripped me like May. I hoped it would. Man, the it was after May? My birthday, the day after my birthday. God. I was like, I knew August didn't sound right. Man, it's been a while then. That no, means they've quite, almost... Not quite, not quite as late as I thought it would be. Yeah, they've they've supported it for coming close to two years. That's impressive. Good for them. A little over a year and a half. Uh, Square Enix have announced a live stream event for its upcoming game, Left Alive, which is its... Uh, a shoot-off of its mech series. Uh, I can't remember what the mech series for Square Enix is called right now. Front Mission Evolved or Front Mission, I think is Frontier what the series. Mission? No, I think it's just called Front Mission. Uh, it's, it's, you know, the the mech series. That I think the last time we saw a game in the series was Evolved on the PS3. Uh, anyway, this will be specifically touching on story and gameplay for the game, but the live stream appears to be in Japanese and oriented towards the Japanese fans. Uh, but if you are interested and you want to check it out because maybe you speak Japanese or who knows, you can check it out on December 12th at 8 p.m. Japan time, which just to give you a frame of reference is around 5 a.m. our time and 3 a.m. Pacific time. So if you are that dedicated, go on. Otherwise, wait for the... Uh, translation to come over and i'm sure you'll get all the news the next day uh next up after tepid sales shadow of the tomb raider is doing one of the things i actually like it when games do uh, it's being given a free trial on all platforms with the ability to carry over progress if you purchase the full game which essentially just means that you're downloading the full game and it has a trial barrier and then when you purchase it it just removes that barrier uh this is a smart move but i also think it's come a little bit late but I guess in their mind, they wanted to wait until the Black Friday window was done. I almost crapped my pants. <laughs> that probably picked up on the mics. My daughter threw a toy against the wall. Uh, let's see. I thought we were dying. I thought we were getting shot. Next up, Nier Automata, our 2017 Game of the Year winner, in case y'all didn't know, uh, has now surpassed three and a half million in worldwide shipments and digital sales. So that's pretty cool. And that comes about six months after it released on uh, Xbox, which was around summer of this year. Uh, so with that said, last when it, but right before it released on Xbox, it was clocking in right over 3 million. Uh, so be it whether the Xbox helped it reach that next, you know, close to 500,000. Oh, who sure, knows? I'm but, sure it helped a little bit just because the uh, the word around that game is so positive. Well, exactly. I'm sure it, tons of people got it on Xbox when they could. Yeah, it came to Xbox with very positive word of mouth. So. Uh, speaking of other odd surprise things, though, Sony have dropped a surprise collection of Detroit Become Human, Heavy Rain, and Beyond Two Souls all in one package for PS4, titled the Quantum Dream, Aquatic Dream Collection. The collection comes in at $40, uh, but is currently only available digitally. So if you were hoping to get it physically, uh, this is very similar to what happened over here with the collection of Beyond and Heavy Rain. We do not appear to be getting a physical release. So uh, I don't think anybody is either, at least with the Beyond and Heavy Rain one, Europe got a physical release. So a lot of people were able to just uh, import it, which was really nice. Um, but still a lot of support about Detroit right now too. 
Yeah, no, I think uh, Detroit's still in a good spot, and they had a couple of spots at the Game Awards. So even though I don't recall it winning anything, I still think it was one of those things where being mentioned on there is still good for you and word of mouth. And, of course, you have the sales and stuff, so I'm sure it was on sale. Somebody probably grabbed it. And, again, it's one of those things where I'm really interested to see what happens because that was the best-selling Quantum Dream Dream game to date. We'll get another tech demo in in 2020 to show off the PS5 and then that'll eventually become a game in 2026. Well, I'm curious, right? Because Beyond and Heavy Rain were in the same console generation about three years apart. Uh, Heavy Rain came out after a long development in 2010 and then Beyond came out in 2013 as one of the uh, last hurrahs for PS3 even though it wasn't received nearly as well. Um, But could we see something like that again? But that kind of comes off, you know, a lot of people are talking and wondering, uh, definitely with words from Quantic Dream themselves, that they might be moving away from PlayStation with their next game or at least PlayStation exclusivity, which in my opinion would be a huge loss for Sony because Detroit did very well, had great word of mouth. And I think it's one of those things where it would be worth Sony to try and extend or at least work with them again on another uh, exclusive game. I think, and I'm really curious on this, I haven't looked into it, uh, though I'm sure that there's something that exists. I would not be surprised to learn if Sony had already tried to buy out Quantic Dream and maybe they just denied, similar to Insomniac. Um, Insomniac have a wish to remain uh, independent. Yeah. Which I guess just means that you're never... Tied to Sony. Or, or just, one system, really. Exactly. Well, you're never tied to one publisher, I think is right. what it comes down to. You have flexibility to potentially, like, say you want to make a game and you prototype it out and Sony says, no, nah, we don't want to make that, but some other publisher says, yeah. Then you get to go on with that creative project. And I think that that's probably good in some senses for a studio like, uh, definitely Insomniac, that's got a number of teams. But I think with a studio like Quantic Dream, they they don't do other titles outside of PlayStation titles. So it seems almost weird to me that they would not try and work with Sony at this point because as far as I know, Sony said yes to every game they wanted to do. So even though they, they said yes to Detroit, despite the fact that uh, Beyond didn't sell too well. So it's like one of those balancing acts of... I would really like Sony to hop on and try and acquire Quantic E3, Dream. 2019 comes out, Microsoft... Welcome, Quantic Dream, to our list of studios. Dude, that would be wild. It would be. That would be far more wild than uh, Ninja, Theory. N- Ninja Theory. Ninja Theory is still one of those interesting things where when you look at Ninja Theory's sales, uh, their sales always did better on PlayStation, uh, and decidedly so on certain... Like, the only game they ever had that broke a million sales was Heavenly Sword, which was a PS3 exclusive, and it came in a good time when God of War was not going to be on the PS3 for some time, or, you know, it wasn't. God of War 2 was announced to be a PS2 game, uh, and it was still a ways away. So Heavenly Sword came at a great time, and it, so that's probably what helped it break a million copies on one platform. Yeah. Now, their other games broke a million copies, but only across multiple platforms, and it was still barely. Right. Like, Enslaved, I think, sold 1.1 million, with the majority being made up. It I was, forgot that game existed. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the majority of sales were on PlayStation, though not by enough, not by a lot. I think it was uh, 600,000 to 500,000 on Xbox. Um, but still... If you think about it that way, it's just one of those things where at least they had a multi-platform partnership uh, or at least experience with the multi-platform. With a studio like Quantic Dream that hasn't had a a game off of Sony's system outside of the remake of uh, or the remaster of uh, Fahrenheit, which is... um, some people know from PS2 days is Indigo the Prophecy Indigo, here. Yeah. Um, that's about the only thing that's not been on a Sony console, and even that came to PS4. So it makes it would be really crazy. Um, there was that announcement though 
uh, for those who are aware, aren't aware, we normally keep rumors a little bit away from the show when they're not a lot to be founded off of, but there was a Twitter rumor going around for a little bit. Uh, and as I've seen, it's not been cleared up completely uh, that Microsoft was in talks with a uh, studio that Sony had worked with in the past. And that's very vague and very wide open because it could be anything. Uh, but then the rumor mill kind of circulated back around and it got around to that it was uh, Giant Sparrow who had made uh, The Unfinished Swan and originally were making uh, What Remains of Edith Finch for PS4 exclusively under the Santa Monica XDev uh, setup. But then that kind of fell apart and they didn't do, uh, you know, XDev kind of stopped supporting all the games they did. And then I think it was Annapurna Interactive is the ones that came in and scooped that up uh, and released that game. So it would be interesting if it was Giant Sparrow, but it wouldn't be a huge yet. Like I think Quantic Dream would be in comparison. Uh, moving on to the next thing, uh, research website Superdata has released data on the sell-through rate of VR headsets this year, and PSVR leads the pack at 1.3 million units this year alone, which is mighty impressive considering what it is. That is more than Vive Focus, Oculus Rift, traditional Vive, and Samsung Gear VR altogether uh, this year. But it did face a lot of competition from the Oculus Go, which is the wireless Oculus that is far more close to something like the Samsung Gear VR, where it's a standalone headset that doesn't require anything. Um, as far as I know, I think you, you might have to put your phone into it, but it's definitely cheaper. It's $200. It's in the price think, range of yeah, the Samsung I Gear. I think it's a standalone unit. I, think I saw so somebody too. like I, I, I was falling asleep while watching it, but it seems like a really cool device. They have like they have apps built in and stuff where you can hang out with your friends by a campfire, like avatars. I saw that, dude. That's um, pretty I've cool. I've been seeing the commercials for it when I've been watching Hulu for How I Met Your Mother. So, oh uh, yeah, commercials. Now, yeah Hulu. exactly uh but that's one of those downsides i have to deal with but i've been seeing them on there and it looks like there's voice chat built in and stuff like that yeah it uh, looks like a pretty cool device for the price for yeah. sure at least i think more of a device than something like the samsung gear vr which i think is also around 200 dollars. but you still have to I'm utilize sure, your phone i'm pretty sure that's 300 man if it's 300 dollars and you can get the vr the psvr for just 50 dollars more normally that's going to be a I'm going to fact check myself. Not good for them. The last time I saw it, I, I swear I was like, I'm not going to pay $300 for that when I could buy that, for that buy the VR, uh, PlayStation VR for that. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that makes sense. You know, a number is this impressive when you have a year full of games that everybody loves. I mean, Firewall Zero Hour, excuse me, uh, got a lot of attention and it's been one of my favorite games this year. It's very fun. Um, <coughs> of course, Astrobot did really well. Well, nah. um, it's $130 at Target. It's a $95 on Amazon. So, yeah, it's oh, okay. So I must be thinking of something else. So, still more priced considerably than that. But considering that your phone is the brain of it all, that makes sense that it's a little cheaper. Yeah. I'm about to say, if it's $300, and that's insane if you still have to put your phone into it, because what is it doing at that point? You know what I mean? Because your phone is not only the brains, at least the way Samsung Gear VR used to be, it's also the screen. Don't forget about Google Cardboard. So, uh, and then uh, Daydream as well. Google Daydream is the official like no, Google about, product. Yeah, no, I'm just talking about cardboard specifically. Yeah, which I think is very cheap, like ten bucks or something. Five, they send it to five you. Five dollars, man. Yeah, I never messed around with it, but I know YouTube supports it. Last thing on the list though is uh, Bethesda <laughs> have finally caved on the canvas bag controversy that we talked about last episode, and have promised to send the buyers of the Power Armor Edition new bags made from the originally advertised canvas, with the bags scheduled to ship sometime next year. Um, I don't. Somebody went through, and who knows how they figured this mouse out? Uh, but they spent roughly fifty-four cents a bag on the nylon bags that they ended up including in the collector's edition. <laughs> so I don't. It seems like they were trying to cheap out, but it is hard to say. 
I mean, the jokes about there being a great canvas shortage were definitely funny. Uh, but I'm, I'm I, curious I say, as to what... They, they, I can't believe they were serious, though, with that excuse. Like, you have a team of PR members, and you're saying canvas is a rare resource in the world right now. And that's a blatant lie. Well, because we didn't hear about it anywhere else, right? I mean, what other industry was affected by this massive canvas shortage? Jansport? <laughs> People who make school backpacks? Yeah. I mean, that Converse. makes sense. Yeah. Yep. There's, Literally any canvas. My shoes are canvas. You know I mean? Who knows, man? Hobby Lobby. Hobby Lobby was definitely, oh, man. Yeah. They're conspiring. They got to sell them painting canvases. So that's where that's where it all is. I yeah. got to line my tinfoil hat with painting canvas now. Yep. Good. You have a couple of them sitting around your house, I imagine. So I did. I got my new book in today. I got. You think they're gonna let the government read my mind while I read that book? I'm already finding <laughs> out the secrets, the secret machines. Oh. So I guess we'll uh, head into reader mail. Yeah. Yeah. Let's okay. go into reader mail. I'm gonna pull up Facebook since I didn't pull it up a second ago. I apologize. But while you read off the Twitter questions, I will sure. get that. So. For those that don't know, Reader Mail is our segment of the show in which we ask you guys to ask us questions and answer them live on the show. We have two questions from Twitter, one from our Facebook group. You should join that if you haven't already and follow us on Twitter. Uh, and uh, if you do ask us questions and we get multiples of them, don't worry. We will answer all of them. And uh, like Brett said earlier, the very first Friday of the month, we have Reader Mail. And we uh, just got the uh, the newest Reader Mail out, audio only. I think that's, that may be the way to go since Kiki said he didn't care. Nobody else has spoken up. That was one of the big deciding factors. It was really comfy. Let us know if uh, if we were really vibing each other on that episode. Um, anyways, first question up, we have our good buddy Richard Rivero. He says, what are your guys' thoughts on people? Wait a nope, nope, nope. I'm sorry, Richard, to get your hopes up. That was in the vault. That's in the vault for next week. I mean, next month. Sorry. If you... <laughs> Richard, don't kill me. That sounds like it was probably a question. It was a little more. Uh, it's a little more off topic y and personal. Uh, okay. But I did I, I did pick two ones uh, this week that, uh, that I actually thought were pretty cool. One is kind of off topic in a way. Um, if you could appear as a character in a game like Greg Miller and Spider Man, what would you choose or who would you, what game would you choose and why? Comes from our good buddy Sean One Neo. I gotcha. Uh, we have a special thing I'm going to do. This is somebody who just joined the uh, Facebook group, uh, Mr. Josh Ho. And he has a question that he kind of just put outside of anything. But I'm going to go ahead and answer it and then also answer the ones in the reader mail. We'll have four this episode. Uh, this is more of a special thing because he said he didn't know if it would be a podcast episode. I stumbled upon it at the right time, Mr. Josh. So we will answer it uh, here in a second. But we're going to get through this first and foremost. I apologize. I'm very scatterbrained, like I said. Very much so. So say the question one more time for me. If you could pick a, uh, a game to put yourself in, like Greg Miller and Spider-Man, what game mm. would that be? Oh, yeah. This is uh, Sean's question. Okay. I got you. Um, man, that's a weird one. I here I have like a... Because Greg was kind of like foe put in there. Like, you know, he wasn't officially in the game, but it was something that he obviously championed out, which was... Well, I can't even remember what he called it at this particular section. It was shirtless spider-man um i thought it was fat spider-man or something it was i'm pretty sure it was shirtless spider-man but um anyway with that setup um uh, i mean i think there's a great way to honor him but i think i would much rather actually get to be a voice in a game which they've also done the kind of funny crew uh, i would really like that because i've had 
for a long time, and I really at one of these points in my life want to try and pursue it. I would love the idea of going towards being a voice actor. Uh, and I've always wanted to at least dabble in it to see if I'd be any good at it. I think I would, but you know, sometimes you think a lot of things and they don't end up being true. We could just make our own game and voice e- each other. Yeah. I mean, we and that, that'll be <laughs> number one on your resume. We'd voice each other. No, we would. Vo- yeah, you're right. I would probably. That would actually be funny. I'd be like, ooh, hurdy dur, I'm Saul. <laughs> Stop revealing our skits live on air. Um, it would be it would be cool though to be an NPC in Dark Souls, like specifically a one you one you could summon. So if if they could put me, Miyazaki, if you're listening, I know you are. If you can put me as an NPC in Dark Souls. Just S O L with like three lines. That's my name. No, 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 you don't have to have lines. I just I could just pop up, get my few uh, ultra great sword going on. Wait, Bloodborne two. You're one of the hunters out in the world, dude. That'd be balling. Put me in there. How amazing! That would actually be really, we need really to get this cool. Trending on Twitter. Put me in the game. <laughs> well, first of all, we got to make Bloodborne two a thing. Then we've got to make sure that you're included in Bloodborne two. It's gonna happen as a random I, hunter I in out and about in the uh, in, in the realms. So you know what? Well, thank you, Sean, for the question. That's a good question. I like that one. Um, our last question from Twitter comes from our good buddy Kiki. He says, "Does your guys's personality change when you're gaming? For example, I become very competitive when playing Overwatch, but outside of gaming, I'm not a competitive person." Yes, the exact. Not even the, well, not the game, but the exact example he gave is exactly how I am, which is why it's so fun to trash talk and smash, because I, I love it. It's just I get into it and it's fun. I don't do that with like first person shooters. It's only Smash Brothers, which is weird. I think it's I get mad in first person shooters. Yeah, like Gambit. You've heard me. I just oh, yeah. I, I can't stand it in Gambit when somebody's doing something wrong. I am giving all, all kinds of i was gonna say slurs but then i realized like no that's not that's i, I was gonna say it's insults. no yeah. no 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 he insults. just he essentially gets mad and starts calling the person who's obviously is normally because we have three people yeah and, he, and there's a fourth that's added in who obviously doesn't really know the so ins the ex- and outs ex- of the game and, uh why not blank expletives no i mean expletives expletives i don't know why i was trying to say it with an extra syllable <laughs> Yeah, I'd call them expletives in uh, in the game. Very, very uh, non-racial ones to clear up the slur thing. Yeah, yeah. No, but he just calls them like stupid and asshole. I mean, I don't go farther than that, but essentially this expletives. This is a family show. That's why I was not saying those specifically, oh. sir. Well, you know, I mean, that's kind of like a donkey hole. I mean, if you think about it in that sense. So we're going to make this. Uh, he calls them donkey holes. Look, Saul, it's not that deep. I'm just saying that Brett, ass is a donkey. I'm not competitive with anything else out in the real world, though. I mean, okay, I think he means in general. And what's funny is uh, one time when we were playing Destiny and we were doing the raid, uh, and Richard hopped in to the chat and was like, you're so different in uh, in this party chat than you are in the podcast. And I was like, not really. Well, like, we're playing games. It's just I'm playing games and I'm not doing, I'm not putting myself out for something that I'm trying to give my opinion on which I normally, whenever I'm trying to give my opinion, I, st- I tend to be a little less jokey. Uh, I try and be a little cleaner and just get my opinion out so that... Well, it's, it's more relaxed, too, in a way. It is. No, absolutely. And we're hanging out and joking, and you're playing off of each other. Like, me and you are playing off of each other, but that's nothing in comparison to a party chat with uh, five other dudes who are all just joking and making up, uh, you know, making fun of each other yeah. and running through a stressful situation uh, well, like I'm, a raid. I'm typically more, like, I'm not going to say calm, but you can easily go see a good example of going to watch Saul plays like it's I am I'm leaning back on my chair I got the mic arm so like I'm leaned back 
and uh, lean back. And <laughs> anyways, that was terrible. But yeah, it's just I'm more I'm much calmer. Um, and I'm kind of just plotting out what I'm doing. And when I'm playing my friends, uh, it's just the same thing. It's just we get crazy. Uh, and when I get competitive, I like trash talking. But I do it in Smash Brothers. I do it in a very friendly manner. But if you make me mad and like Destiny, when it's a team-based thing and your team's not doing the work that they're supposed to be, like you're the worst person on the planet. And I'm well, your you stakes know. are different, and it's working together exactly yeah, instead it's, of it's, a different kind of comp, uh, competitive. Yeah, it's like sense. in one v one, I have myself to blame. But when it comes down to like a teammate, it's kind of like I'm doing my hardest. This dude's over here doing nothing. I probably, yeah. I've probably shouted that before. No, Why'd it, you get the heavy ammo? I'm going to invade. Like, I, mean, I get so mad. Verbatim sentence that I've heard Saul at least, say at least 100 20 times. times. No, I 100 mean, times. Probably. I, 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 listen, in Gambit, if I go over there, and I, 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 I am pretty good at PvP and Destiny too. I get team wiped pretty commonly. If I go over there to grab that heavy ammo and it's gone, I know Brett and uh, Joe and our, the other guy who plays list didn't take it. The other dude did. The other dude did. He'll jump through, and then I'll apologize. Like obviously, we're a party chat. He can't hear me, so yeah. like I'll just shout at him, and he he obviously can't hear me. Don't think I'm bullying somebody online. That's not how this is working. <laughs> this is me letting frustration out, and this guy will never know it. But I'll even apologize. I'll be like, "You're gonna go over there. You like you just you jump through the invasion portal. Why? You you suck." And then he'll get like, two kills. I'm like, "Never mind. He's doing pretty good." <laughs> like I'll, I'll very quickly be like, "Yeah, never mind." He's doing. He's cool, dude. I mean, I can get competitive. It just depends on what I'm doing. Racing games. Whenever I actually do online, I'm very competitive. Uh, and I, I guess that's just because the the whole point of a racing game is to be competitive. A game like Destiny is a little different. Destiny, where it's at its best for me, is in PVE, where it doesn't really matter as long as the person's genuinely pulling their weight. I don't care. Right. And even then, if I went into it knowing I was going to be carrying somebody, I don't care either. I'm just kind of like, oh, whatever. We're well, just ga- playing. Gambit's the one thing in Destiny that I found raids, that raids, someone, and Gambit. Well, I was going to say even even in even in raids, since it's more cooperative, you can tell them like you're you're sucking it up. Stop. Or we're only raiding with friends. I mean, yeah, to be true. So, which just by the way, I'm going to pre-apologize in advance, Kiki and Vince. And whoever decides to raid with us tonight, if we raid, I'm going to be very harsh. Be like, we are doing it wrong. Stop it. It's it's part of the raid. You've got to kind of like, you I'm can't not, be. I'm, you I'm can't. not really like that. I'm just I'm just thinking of one experience that we all had, me and Brett. I know. One particular person know. that we used to play with. Boy, was he the dullest, dullest piece of metal in the world. He'd be like, How do you do this? It's it's this. You do this, 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 and this. Okay, that's easy. Why are you dead? I don't know. How, why am I dead? Did you do that? No. Yeah. And that's, so I get that too. I think I get definitely a little more irritable and frustrated depending on what's going on, but it has to be high tense situations. Like racing games are, they tend to be tense once you start a race and you're moment to moment. Uh, so I guess that's part of it. Anytime where something kind of ups the ante of what you're supposed to be doing, definitely a raid because, uh, whether it's you time su- consuming whether you succeed or not and how much fun you have throughout the time you had is entirely rested on the competency of the group of people that you're with Which at is, the moment yeah and that's why i really enjoy the new raid uh, i haven't played it yet but you know the new raid's only like two hours long at most yeah it's, it seems a little shorter and it's not so uh, mechanically it's like, it's like end it's, it, it's very short and sweet, but yet mechanical, like well, somewhat mechanical. And mechanically, it, it's far easier to figure out. The Leviathan raid was very puzzle solvy. Yes, and um, the the last wish from what I which played I actually love is just amazing. Yeah, the, the, we the, really need to start from from the start and go through it all. Oh, I've technically done the whole raid 
from what I understand. I've done now. it piece by piece. Yeah, same. Not so, in yeah. one sitting. No, but that's I've done I want, it. Yeah, I want to do it one sitting, like I did King's Fall. Yeah, I'm with you. But uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, I think we definitely changed our personality. But it tends to be towards the competitive side, and that, and I, not even the competitive side, I guess. I think it just tends to be towards the how much uh, is of my time and my life am I staking into this that's potentially getting ruined because someone's yeah. not pulling their weight. In so the, that's very specific times. Yeah. In the, in the specific example that I was talking about, we had a guy who joined, wouldn't listen to us, said he understood it when he didn't. And then we sat there and we did it over and over and over again for like two hours, maybe even more. Yeah. And by the end, we, we made no progress. We wasted two hours of our life trying to do this and it just didn't work. And yeah. by the end, he's like, all right, guys, well, I'm going to head out. We were all like, bye, dude. It was like, oh, thank God. God, he's gone. He doesn't listen to the podcast. He has no idea who we really are. I don't Even know though, these things, but I, I don't say, care either way. Um, it was frustrating. I was going to say, uh, it's interesting, though, because technically he's a friend of the podcast. He's a friend of a friend of the podcast. <laughs> I know that the person who's the friend probably knows he, who we're talking about. He knows about. exactly who we're talking about. <laughs> oh. I, he, he will DM us on Twitter and be like, why are y'all talking about my boy like that? <laughs> I mean, I don't care. I don't have any ill will towards him. It no, was just, no, that it was, was so, that one experience. That was so. We, we've played with him since. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, uh, it, well, I was gonna say it might have been before you actually got Destiny again, but it, it also could have been after. Yeah, I played with him since. Um, it was just a really frustrating night. Well, take and, us into those Facebook questions. Facebook question from Mr. Josh Shoot, who thankfully posted it on there when I was dying of kidney stones. I appreciate that. Thank you, my boy. Josh. He asked. What games, or what would you guys say is your most unpopular opinion with games? I think we've answered a form of this, but I'm going to roll with it anyway. He says, for example, I actually think that Final Fantasy XV was a fantastic game. Sure, it's flawed, but most games are. I would take Final Fantasy XV, here's where it gets spicy, over everything after 8 except for 10. I think that 9 is an extremely overrated game as well. Hey, Josh, you need to play 14, my boy. MMO ones are a little different. I yeah, think. no, I, they are. They're in a, they're in a league I, of their I'm own. I'm sure in, in this particular set, he probably means that 11 and 14 are, are skewed outside of the, the boundaries of, you know, 9, which, I mean, I'm be, I, as much as I like 8, and I actually am a proponent of 8, I think it's a great game, 9 is a very solid game. And it's, it's interesting to me that you don't like 9 when 9 and 10 play so similarly to each other. Um I just, it's, it's like I said, it's just an interesting thing to me. Um, but I, I tend to agree that there are plenty of opinions that people have uh, that don't necessarily roll. A, a recent opinion that I think uh, is not necessarily the opinion across the board uh, would be that Darksiders 3 was actually a, uh, a great game. I mean, it was, it, if you set your expectations to what the game we always knew was going to be, which was going to be a mid-tier double-A game um, from a series that's not been around in a long time, and you look at what it did good and look at also what it did bad. It's a, excuse me, it's a game that easily uh, was very enjoyable, fun. And if you were a fan of the series, it did exactly what fans of the series should have wanted. And I also think because Darksiders does this thing where every game plays slightly differently anyway, though I would argue this is probably the most different Darksiders yet. Um, they do this thing where depending on what you like in a game, uh, if you really like dungeons a lot and you like very straightforward action adventure gameplay, then you could play Darksiders 1, which is very Zelda, God of War inspired, uh, more towards the Zelda dungeon style. Then you can play Darksiders 2, which is more RPG loot uh, you know, inspired uh, with a little bit quicker. And it's also got a lot of... Um, of uh, tr platforming in it. Uh, and some people thought the platforming wasn't great. I don't think it was bad. So in my opinion, I actually thought it was uh, pretty cool. And it had a lot of influence from things like Prince of Persia, where you'll spin around on columns and jump from them and stuff like that. But then it also gave you that, uh, 
that power fantasy that Diablo tends to give you with rolling through and getting that that legendary item that you equip and you're like, yes, this is exactly what I wanted. Uh, and I think that for the shortcomings that that game had, those parts of the gameplay made up for it. And then I felt the same way about 3. 3 was very tight, uh, knew what it was trying to do, wasn't trying to be overly narrative-fueled, but just enough to get you through the sections and have some impact on the entire universe. Um, and then, of course, set up beautifully, beautifully, for another game in the franchise. Um, I think it was a great game. And I think that from what I've seen from a lot of people, that's not necessarily uh, the general consensus on it. Uh, though it's hard to tell when you're in a uh, kind of weird bubble on Twitter and uh, Discord with a few people that have actually played it. Uh, so I don't know, Saul, what are, what are other ones you can think of? I'm, I'm in the mindset real quick that... I think Saul really thinks 15 is a terrible game. 15 oh, is just 15 not... 15 is a terrible game. 15 is not the worst game I've ever played. 15 is not even necessarily a bad game, but it's a bad game when you compare it to other staples of the fr of the franchise. I think that while I, I enjoyed 15 certainly more than any of the 13 games, of which I've played all of them for at least 10 hours, at least, um, of the 13 trilogy, um, I, I don't know why that is, and... Uh, I think some of it I know is that I like the gameplay a little bit better. And despite the fact that 15 has you hold the button to do combat, I never played it that way. So it didn't feel so dumbed down to me personally. But I know some people definitely had that feeling. And if I would have played it that way, I would have had a little bit more of a harsh feeling of it as well. But I played it just tapping to attack where it essentially played like Kingdom Hearts. Uh, the story being disjointed and not necessarily making entire sense was a big problem. And the big empty open world uh, that was overly sized was a problem but i do agree that it's not the worst game and i enjoyed my time with it to platinum but Saul, what's one of yours dark souls 2 is a good game it's a good dark souls game we talked about that on the reader mail yeah we talked about that a lot actually with me that's a very common thing that that's like my go-to unpopular opinion about gaming also um uh well now i guess i could also say the order but i've spoken at length about that game oh um Twilight Princess is one of the worst Zelda games. Um, that seems to get some people angry. It really is. Interesting. Um, well, right alongside Skyward Sword, because that's also a really bad Zelda game. Uh, but man, there was one more thing, and I didn't realize it was unpopular because of how bad the game was. I remember I said it in GameStop, and somebody was like, "Are you serious?" Well, speaking of uh, speaking order. of Zelda, Breath of the Wild, I don't think is a great game. That seems like that's just a like it seems like fifty fifty on that game. I, you know what? At this point, yes. At launch, if you said anything bad about the game, it was like a blasphemy. Uh, but now it's gotten to the people who didn't really love it or kind of talk about it these days. And I think some people who were high on it initially kind of got to the point where they're like, wait a minute, this game isn't as great as I thought it was. Oh, Kingdom Hearts 2 being better than 1. I think that most people think that, actually. I have talked to the minority of that 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 group. Then, man, I thought I was one of the only people that liked one more than two. Uh, -uh. I have. I, it seems that two is is universally hated, especially for the first like two hours of it. But that's understandable. Oh, well, that's fair enough. Yeah, definitely. If that was your first game, but of the yeah, series. the prologue of that game is whew. Um, hard to play when you've already done it once. Yeah, you know. Uh, but that's it. What about our last question on uh, the our last question that comes from Mr. Josh Ho? Here, let me scroll back up. It's at the very top says, and this is actually a fun one, uh, I think we've done something in the vein of this before, uh, hypothetically, Sony officially announces a PS Vita 2 coming next year, no details, name five launch games you'd hope for, along with features you'd love to see as well. And he says, not sure if this would count as a podcast question, this is my first post on the page. Hey man, 
we're, we're taking it, but welcome, we normally, welcome, welcome. just so you're aware, we do normally have a post that we try and have everybody respond into. That way we can just more easily find them. Uh, but we'll gladly Yeah, we don't want to lose this. them all in the fray. Because that's happened to us a couple of times. Yeah. Because some people on Twitter didn't respond to the right thing. <laughs> but it's all attacking people over here. Uh, real quick, Josh Ayer says, full backward compatibility with all PS1 through PS4, including Vita and PSP. But that would never happen. Uh, I think through PS4 is a big ask. I think all backwards compatibility from PS1... Well, and it has to be reasonable, right? It's not going to play disc. So I think the first things first has to be that it's going to be backwards compatible with everything that's allowed to be digital. Uh, yeah, the, that, the, could, that the would work. sad rule of it is, is that some things just can't be digital and there's nothing we can do to fix that. Boy, if I could play Bloodborne on the go. Here's the biggest problem with that is that the PS2 library has to become digital now. Mo- some of it is, though. Well, yeah, but I mean, the majority of it's not. The majority right, of it I, came from PS2 a, classics on PS3 and then PS2 there classics. There is a sizable again. PS2 digital library. Yeah, and uh, as long as they were all playable on PS uh, Vita 2 or PS V2, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, we, we did a whole episode of this. Uh, really early new on. New good buddy, Josh. Uh, I'm trying to think because I had like a list of launch titles in my head of what I wanted. It's going to be completely different from that if you go back and watch it. But I'm going to go ahead and say if we want original games or you know sequels or whatever or game set universes so what we mean is no re-releases right no re-releases so we're talking about entirely from the ground up for vita i would like to see that's a hard question like i'm really trying to think of what is what is something new yet familiar enough to put on a handheld that would come at launch of this thing i have a couple go ahead uh my first things first came from mainly that the vita ps the the vita version of this entry uh, like uh, into the series is just one of my favorite and it played so freaking well uh little big planet i think it's been gone for some period of time uh three left a little bit of a sour taste and a little disappointment in fans mouth so i think if you get the same people from tarzier uh and i think it was double fine productions i could be wrong on that uh that made the vita version to come back together and work on another vita entry uh and the only problem i would say fix is make um make level editing be two player like it is on the console versions uh or or more even up to four players Uh, i think that would be great and i think it would be a good way to bring that series back into some relevance in a way we think about we always think about this way um the 3ds right Uh, and even the switch to some extent as far as you want to consider it a handheld um the Nintendo games or Nintendo consoles have always done really well based around the kids adopting it. And that's a very important market that you do have to go to to some extent. Little Big Planet has always helped bridge that gap between something that kids want to play. Uh, and that makes a lot of sense for them to do. So you t- you tap in the kids market and you tap a little bit into what you've seen people uh, praise Astrobot about, which is that it feels like the most non-Nintendo made Nintendo platformer. Like, it feels like Nintendo made it, even though they didn't. So I think if you utilize some of that and pull those over, uh, and I would even utilize that to be, I don't know what the game would be called, but I think if you let the team that made Astrobot Rescue Mission for VR make an entirely new from the ground up and handheld um, platforming game, that would be another smart move. Uh, have two platforming games that are easy to play into kids that uh, adults would still enjoy. That's definitely one of them. So Astrobot, or well, Little Big Planet. Little Big Planet and then something from the Astrobot team. Right. Um, one that would be back for me, and I think this is also a smart move early on, uh, Mod Nation Racers or some form of a kart racing game. Well, I was going to say, if it has backwards compatibility, it, ha- it needs to be a sequel. 
Well, right. I, I, I'm talking about a sequel. Okay. Yeah. Uh, or or even Little Big like again, if we, if we don't get Little Big Planet up front as a game of its own, then Little Big Planet Karting, do something to try and tie into those worlds. Um, and then I think that you would definitely be smart to come back with another handheld Uncharted, uh, just because it did so well. And I don't know who you'd let do it. Bend did an amazing job. If they had the flexibility and ability to do it, let them do it. Ooh, Final Fantasy Tactics. Man, that was actually that'd be a great one from Square. Yeah, yeah. Final Fantasy Tactics would be. That's all I really want. And then I honest. have I have one that I think is a great answer because like if I'm gonna have backwards compatibility that we never got. So go ahead though. Oh, no, I was going to, I was going to finish this up real quick. Is yeah, go that, ahead. Uh, You're fine. If we got backwards compatibility with all the digital games from those consoles, we have, I'm going to assume every feature of the Vita going forward, such as remote play. Realistically, that right there is the perfect system. I don't need launch games because there's so many games that I would be able to play on the go. Persona 5, Bloodborne. Yeah. You know, if you, especially if you throw in a new Final Fantasy Tactics. Woo. Boy. Yeah. 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 I'd be, I'd be sold. Yeah, I do, I and do War of the Lines full, is a great game. I do so. want full Switch style controllers, though. Like, meaning I want. Oh, R2 L2. R2 L2 and clickable. Well, never mind. Yeah, yeah we'll clickable. go back to features on that particular thing. But my last game that I think would be a great one, and I think it'd be easy enough to design it in a way that would work on a handheld, uh, would be the game that we never got on Vita, though it was talked about at least a little bit in the Ben Studio. Oblivion? Oh. Infamous. Oh, Oblivion was PSP. Yeah, now, nah, hey. If Bethesda weren't in a crap house right now, I'm telling you, dude. It's, I it's, still technically think, you still can PS3 library digital. Yeah, and that's if that's backwards what, compatibility is going. That's yeah. what I'm saying. The launch games, and Skyrim. Point, I'm just going to play all the old games I wanted to play on Vita and PSP on this. Yeah, but I would also like to see the the technology utilized in a way where you're seeing what it can do from its own raw power. Uh, and I think that it'd be really cool to get a handheld. Um, you know, because that's the, that's the, the the problem with Switch, right? Is that it didn't even get its own thing. All you're getting to do is play Skyrim on the go now, which is cool. I'm not hating. It's just, it would have been even more of a get, uh, in my opinion, if they would have been able to get Bethesda to make a side entry into the Elder Scrolls series uh, like that. So yeah, I think the other thing we've talked about is the uh, full controller support, like clickable right. analog sticks. Minimum actually, 720p glass screen. Yeah, and go small with it. I mean, yeah, no, no bezels. No bezels. Utilize as much screen no as you screen. can. No touch screen. Well, oh, never mind. If backward we're compatibility. compatibility you, and that means cheap. we have to have a back touch screen. And though. it's cheap. Now, here's the thing with the back touch panel. You could probably do what we've talked about with the PlayStation controller that, that minimizes it into a tiny thing. Yeah. You can either minimize it on the back or put it on the front where you can at least input when you have to. Are we wanting carts? Yeah. Or are we wanting full digital only console? No, no. Okay. I want carts. Uh, full digital would work to an extent, but it also comes down to... PSP to... PS PS Vita Go. PS Vita Go, yeah. Two. Uh, but it'd be obviously a far more uh, palatable console or handheld console in this generation because there's internet's ready for it and games are being added digital far more often. Uh, essentially, we're there now. I mean, you could go all digital for the past few years, whereas when the PSP Go came out, you couldn't. Plenty of games missed uh, digital releases completely. Uh, Kingdom Hearts, Birth by Sleep being one of them. Um, so any other, any other major features you'd want to see? I, mean, I think that... Um, Obviously, honestly, remote play would be would benefit from the yeah, full given, controller. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you you take a Vita, you take a Switch, and you put them together with the backwards compatibility, and that's perfect right there. Day one buy. I don't even care if it's plastic screen like the Switch has. Day one buy. I'd rather it not be a plastic I'm just saying, screen. I don't. That's how much I don't. But care. I'm still with you because you throw a glass screen protector on, you don't know the difference. That's true. When I had my Switch, I put that glass screen protector yep. on instantly. Yep, I do too. Because no I was like, difference. oh, that, I don't like this plastic screen. This no isn't difference. cool. But uh, that's a good question, Josh. Yeah. And if that's you a good question for your want to go back and find that episode, it's quite old. I think it's in the 30s. 
I don't know. It could be even earlier than that. Uh, but we've definitely talked at length about it and definitely gotten far more into it from a uh, spec perspective as well. But in case you're not hey, worried so about it. so I did not realize we could actually Google our name plus Vita, and this actually pops up on Google. So it is episode six. So our sixth episode. Go back and look at when we were little babies. Man, I've, I feel like we did it again, but we were definitely little babies, and I was fat in the face. Okay, time to move in to the main topic. Saul, don't do it. Oh, we was our just... old, our old, uh, the, <laughs> I can't even do it. Uh, well, this isn't an ASMR podcast. So Saul, let's, uh, move forward with the main topic. And the main topic for this week is of course, uh, kind of recapping and going over uh, the game awards announcements. Uh, so from there, Saul, um, Saul watched about half of it here, uh, and he didn't go back and, and watch the was other half because we were talking about it. I, not necessarily, but half of the parts that mattered and weren't weird musical performances. So from an announcement standpoint, you watched about half of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, and then we talked about the other ones. Uh, so I think that, you know, we're, we're kind of going to go over and recap everything that we saw uh, on there and kind of talk about our feelings with it. And then I also, I think Saul would even agree to some extent with what he did see. I think it's worth talking about the fact that one of the worries I had and what I mentioned last week is that they have a hard time, and I get that some of it's necessary, but they've always done this thing where they show a bunch of unnecessary things. They cut off some slack. They didn't have some weird uh, shit guy in the background this year trying to do a bunch of funny stuff. Uh, though comedy's not a problem, I think trying to do comedy is... They did that last year? Yeah, I think it was last year or the year before. I can't honestly remember exactly what it was. I don't think it, it was. was last year. They made a joke about it being like a... They made him into a Mortal Kombat character. No, yeah, I know. Uh, which was okay, but they kept showing yeah. over and over, and that was what made it annoying. Um, Honestly, I think any video game company that does that on on stage for any period of time is annoying. People did that during E3, like the Bethesda thing uh, they did on a Bethesda showcase right before fall. They had Pete Hines with the other two people out there. They're like post-it notes on them or something. That's not funny. Stop it. I get what they're trying to do. No, I but... get it. It's 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 just it's entertaining. I would say, but it's I would rather it not be there. Well, and here's the problem: they never go to the to the logical end of me. Remember what we said? Like the way that you actually made that funny was have him come back out. I'm trying to remember exactly what it was. What the scenario was, yeah. But we essentially had it where it's like come back out saying that he like killed her because it wasn't actually her or something like that. You know what I mean? Oh, that's right. It was a mimic from uh, yeah. Prey. It, it was because they were and saying they had like, a stupid sticky note said not a mimic. Yeah, and I thought it'd be funny if he came out with a sticky note in hand with like a little bit of blood splatter on it. Was like, uh, "Sorry, guys," and like yeah. that would be a good way to make that go even further and actually tie into your game. But it was like it was a little too shallow. But uh, we're gonna go ahead and go into it. Uh, one of the first things that's actually fairly interesting, um, and it's not on PlayStation, but we're gonna cover it. I want to talk about Everything. it anyway because I'm curious if it's gonna be on PlayStation anyway. But the first thing that really came from the uh, when the show started, not the pre-show, um, was. Well, actually, the very first thing, and this is pretty interesting, was that they had Reggie Fils-Aimee, uh Phil Spencer, and Sean Layden all come up on screen. Crossplay for all consoles. <laughs> that's what everybody thought the second they walked up there. It seems so much like that's what they're hinting at, but they never said these words exactly. So Instead, maybe, it was a good speech, and I actually think it was something that was important to have at was. a Game Awards thing like this. I it's very it reminds me back of what Sony actually did with Kevin Butler uh, back in like two thousand nine or Kevin 10. Butler. He was fantastic. It was so great. But you remember his gamer speech that he had? Yeah. Where it's like it doesn't matter what achievements or trophies you you cling to or whatever. You know, we're all gamers. Uh, I think it's smart to do that when you have so much 
I don't want to just say console wars because I think the console wars in and of themselves are healthy. I think that... Well, of course. Competition is always healthy for exactly. companies. And I think that la- pulling it and labeling it under the console wars and just looking uh, critically at things that both companies are doing is smart. Uh, what gets to an issue is when people go too crazy and are just fanboying it up. And there's always that level where people just automatically throw dissent onto the opposing t- side and say that they can't have done anything competent uh, because they're part of that company. And I think that that's a dangerous mindset because, of course, a lot of the time they tend not to say anything when Sony also does make a misstep, which happens. And that's just coming from our side. So the Sony fans that refuse to cede ground when Sony does make a, a bad move, uh, like we've talked a lot about Sony making a bad move, in our opinion, with the censorship specifically in Japan. I honestly don't even have a problem with the censorship here because it makes more sense here than it does the place where this originally sprung from, which I think is a very odd way to handle your business. Uh, and a lot of people have obviously agreed with that and are trying to get Sony to do something about it. Um, whether that happens, we'll, we'll see. But I think that the console wars in general are an okay thing to have, but blind fanboyism, because I am a fanboy, but I'm not one that is blind. going to completely ignore when the other side does something great. Uh, so it's cool to have all of them together, uh, and it does seem like it might be hinting towards the idea of a more across-the-board crossplay, at least going into the next generation. We will see. Uh, like I say, I never stood against crossplay, only that I supported Sony not opting into it as a business decision, which ultimately they have to make the smartest business decisions that they think they need in order to stay around, because even if it means that Sony looks like a bad guy, but makes enough money to keep floating around for another generation, I'd rather have Sony for longer in the games that I love from their studios than have them lose out on a lot of money and potentially go under. Not that they would. That's obviously worst case scenario, but it's, you think about it, sometimes business decisions have to be made and you have to respond to them. Um, but Saul, I mean, what's your take on that? Good or bad? No, I liked it. It was a it was a nice moment. They got together on the red carpet outside. After that, they took more pictures. It was pretty cool. Yeah, and I think it's good to let people see the heads of these studios being civil with each other. Yeah, or the heads of these companies. Being I hope civil. it put some people in their place. Yeah. Uh, next up. And I actually thought this was really interesting. Marvel Ultimate Alliance three was revealed. Here's the catch: it's only on Switch now. Yeah, that is pretty they have not specifically said whether this is timed exclusive or what i don't think we've gotten more information on this yet or at least not that i've seen but i've not been following as closely as i probably should have this weekend uh due to being down but the interesting information on this was actually that it's being developed by team ninja Um, which is pretty cool actually i i really like these games yeah I, i like the games already but i think putting a team like team ninja behind it puts more faith in people to play it and go okay it's probably going to have very solid gameplay uh you know the graphical look for that style has always been fine to me i mean it's something that goes towards the uh more comic booky nature of the of the series which lets it lean heavier on its art style than having to lean so heavy on uh ridiculous raw power graphics instead they're trying to just give you a good look with the style that they're going for and i think that that plays well into them um but i'm i'm cool with that i hope in my opinion i hope to see this be a uh timed exclusive that we eventually get onto the other consoles but if we don't then it's honestly a good move from nintendo's spot uh, apart because they need this third-party support uh even if it's third-party exclusives the more that they can do that then they start to kind of step on sony's toes and for competition's sake that's actually an interesting thing and it might make sony bite back that much harder and try and get more third-party exclusives secured for them. So. Neo was on Xbox, right? No, PC. 
I wonder if Neo could come to Switch. If it's Team not on Ninja. Xbox, I really doubt it. But I don't know. That'd be that'd be sick. So uh, it's one of those weird things where Sony published the game, but it doesn't look like they published it with exclusivity rights unless it was a you know a clause about being exclusive on consoles only, yeah. and that's why it was able to come to PC. And if you remember what we've seen of Neo Two so far, looks to be exclusive as well. Yeah, so far that we know, and I'm I'm excited for that game. Now we've not seen a lot about it, but what we did get to see at Sony's E3 uh, earlier this year did imply that it was going to be exclusive, which would make sense considering all things. Now it may be again exclusive to consoles with a PC release, and I think that that makes sense and is fine. Uh, though I wonder if they'll get a full-on exclusivity like Neo did, where Neo on PC came later. Yeah. So Ubisoft dropping the big bomb uh, of the love child in between Fallout 76 and Rage 2. That is Fallout or Fallout Far Cry New Dawn, which is pretty cool. Oh, yeah. You skipped you skipped one that I think is actually pretty interesting. Uh, but that's a that's a pretty interesting one. Uh, Ancestors is the one where the creator of the Assassin's Creed franchise is coming back and making a game that they showed gameplay of, which is essentially the little bit of gameplay they showed looks like working through um Oh yeah, the primitive monkey. apes that are working their way up toward humanity. Uh, I did see this, and it's this, an interesting idea. That snake was. That, it looks like a survival horror game in a way. In a weird way, it's an odd-looking game, and it's the the thing that caught me the most is that if I recalled, and I didn't actually look it up, uh, he fought Ubisoft at one point for the ability to get this game back that he was working um, on, and I can't remember what it was titled and I can't think of what to use to Google it, but he was working on a separate title that was supposed to be like in his mind where the Assassin's Creed franchise should have ended up. Uh, and I can't remember what it was called, but it, so it was interesting to see that this is the next game from him instead of that one. And this may just be a stepping stone to it. Like he's really wanting, now that he's got that one back legally, he wants to make sure he's making it the best game that he can, but who knows? So yeah, this is from the creator of Prince of Persia and Assassin's Creed. So super interesting of a concept. So it looks fun. Yep. And it says, take you on a 10 million year journey. So how that works, I do not know. The little bit they showed was interesting, uh, though looks like it's going to be towards a very specific audience. In my opinion, uh, I don't know for sure. Uh, super giant, which is the people who made bastion transistor, uh, transistor and, um, pyre are back with Hades, which looks to be a, uh, of course, the same type of game they've always been making from a stylistic standpoint, but it's playing with uh, Greek mythology, which is pretty cool. And then we're back to where Saul was talking about uh, Far Cry New Dawn, which is an interesting take on things. Number one, because they immediately spoiled, even on stage, uh, the ending of Far Cry 5, which is a game that hadn't even come out a full year ago. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, and then they, but here, because they've already done it, I'm just going to follow suit. I mean, if you saw it, uh, because of Far Cry 5's ending, which does end with a nuke hitting uh, Montana. And, uh, you know, because of how nukes are, it's obviously very widespread. Um, this is some years after that. Uh, and it's essentially taking the Far Cry 5 world uh, and making it somewhere between Fallout and I'd say a little bit closer to Rage with the crazy weaponry that they're going toward and I think a little bit of the sense of what they're doing. Yeah, uh, the colors. Yeah, it's releasing... Very, very muted and then very vibrant colors. Yeah, or very vibrant against very muted yeah. to give it like a weird pop. 
Um, but this is also releasing a full year. So this is releasing in February, which is uh, one full year after uh, Far Cry 5 came out. So this is obviously something they had planned uh, very close after if they didn't already have a side team working on it. Uh, just so that you get your your expectations hit, this is going to be the same map as 5. It's just essentially going to be a reskin of the map. They're going to change stuff around to uh, obviously look like it's affected by uh, the fallout. Uh, <laughs> and of course, that makes it easier for them to roll through because they're not even design a new map and they're utilizing some of the same characters. It looks like we're going to have father Joseph in this game, um, due to the way that the, the game does end in the first one. So he is back in this and the trailer they showed is very cryptic and, uh, interesting, but it looks fun. And I'll give them this. This is probably a far cry has tended to be a series that with its side games that aren't necessarily main numbered entries, they do a lot of interesting stuff. And this is a testament to that because we've already seen Far Cry go neon tech future with Far Cry Blood Dragon, which was uh, one of the add-ons for three, which was really cool. Uh, we saw Far Cry Primitive, which was taking all the way back into the Stone Age and trying to spin the gameplay on that sense, which was also very fun to me. I liked it a lot, despite the fact that it wasn't perfect. And we're seeing that again uh, here. And it, all of these were very much reskins of the same maps. Uh, Blood Dragon was a reskin of three. Uh, Primitive was a reskin of the map from uh, four. And then we're seeing that again here. But I'm cool with this, and uh, I'm I'm gonna get it. it. Looks fun enough, and that's cool. And it's coming out just early enough that I feel like I can get it, beat it, and have time before Rage Two comes out. And that they're different enough games anyway that I won't feel like I'm getting over you know, burst it out with this post-apocalyptic world sense. So. Yeah. Um, so I guess I, I, I kind of had a realization. I think anybody watching us, do you think they've watched, like, do we need to go through all of these? Not necessarily all of them. I'm just kind of talking I about we're the gonna ones pick that our were, favorites because that's fine. I don't want to like tire people out. Yeah, that's um, fine. Next thing up, I think is obvious to talk about is crash team racing. Yeah. Uh, I'll be getting that on switch. If it comes, well, I'm sure it will. It will. It's already been talked about. Okay. Uh, Crash Team Racing Remaster comes to consoles in June. Uh, so it's called Crash Team Racing Nitro Fueled, but it is a remake of the PS1 game that is amazing and so many people love. And it's uh, one of those games where for a lot of people, it's like, well, did you play Mario Kart or did you play Crash Team Racing? And I think a lot of people who actually had a PS1 know that. Another game I'm going to run the gauntlet on. I'll beat all you fools. <laughs> Including you, don't laugh. You'll oh. get, you're going to get it. I ain't never played a Crash Racing game before. Well, maybe. I think I did when I was young. You're still going to get it. <laughs> we'll he, see. He ain't baiting my challenge. This ain't We'll fun. see. No, we'll see. Just trust me. I'm fairly positive I'm going to just leave you it's, in it's, the dust. It's been a long time since we streamed something. Like Dead Cells or Death Gambit. Yep. So we we could probably stream Smash, honestly. We I probably wonder, could. I wonder if we could stream, get Corey and, and Blaze and everybody in a chat and stream that. I don't know, but we will look at that later. Um uh, let's see if y'all care about dead by daylight considering that it was a free ps plus game uh they have a new chapter that they're doing that has a new killer which actually looks like an original killer i've never seen before which i'll give them that that's interesting and a new map uh, as of course it looks like they have all the different killers that you know in that game like the saw killer and stuff um there is a Monster Hunter style game called Dauntless that actually has been around for a while that looks to be coming to Switch, Xbox One, PS4, and mobile next year. So if that's something that you're interested in, go check that out. It looks really good, and I think a lot of games are going to start trying to do that Monster Hunter uh, style again because you saw that with the Vita when it first came out, and did and it, we, we learned that Monster Hunter had switched over to Nintendo. Uh, a lot of people were immediately like, 
oh man, how are we going to fill this gap? And then and they, it's Sony was like, boom, Soul Sacrifice. Yeah, and Soul Sacrifice is, in my opinion, is probably the best. Though I would think a couple of people would probably argue. You mean better than Monster Hunter? No, no, no. I'm saying the best Monster Hunter clone. Oh, okay, yeah. Though I actually would say of the Monster Hunters on PSP, I did like Soul Sacrifice more. Uh, isn't God Hand? Uh, not no. God Hand, but God Eater. God Eater, yeah. Uh, yeah, but there's another one in... Uh, I'm skipping on it now. What's the one with the, uh, the the last one that they did for with the Panopticons and stuff? Oh, uh, uh, Freedom Wars. Yeah, Freedom Wars. Yeah, Freedom Wars is also arguably a, a, one of the ones that people liked. And I do think it was a very interesting take on the idea. Uh, but let's move through. the uh, This one was also very interesting and saw missed this one, but went back and saw the trailer. The yeah. Last Campfire. So Hello Games, which is the developer for No Man's Sky, in case you didn't know, is finally coming out with another game. I guess I, this makes sense, right? They need to do something that's not just No Man's Sky, but they've also removed themselves far enough from No Man's Sky that I think it, that they'd be able to, at this point, make a new game and not necessarily carry all the negative weight. Because they fixed, not only are they away from the launch of No Man's Sky, they've also done a lot of work to fix it in post. They have, yeah. So uh, we always say kudos to them because they continued on it. So I'll always be, I don't play the game that much, but I'm always pretty thankful for that they, they kept that up for the fans that did. Yep, and now going back to uh, post-apocalyptic stuff a little bit, but not quite. Uh, Obsidian, we talked about this last uh, week of what we thought might be one of the announcements. Obsidian's game with, that they're doing with 2K's new publishing wing, which is called Private Division, uh, which Private Division, just in case y'all aren't aware yet, is uh, 2K's new division that they're doing that's going to be a publisher for mid-tier range games. Um so I think that that's probably smart, and this looks like a great game to fit that area. Uh, looks like the best game they revealed. Yeah, it's essentially. It is. Yeah, it looks really good. It's, it's essentially what we talked about: New Vegas, Bioshock, and maybe even because there's, there's space travel in it. So I, I give it that too. It has a little bit of a Borderlands take on it, but I'd almost say maybe even I don't want to say Mass Effect from a stylistic standpoint, but moving from planet to planet, which it looks like you'll be able to do. Dude, I'm um, so excited for It's going to be interesting. It looks great, and it's exactly what we talked about. I may get this game on PC. Obsidian this, essentially this... moved themselves away. Now, here's what would be really interesting. Do Obsidian start mod support and oh, put I'm mod sure, support I'm in this sure game on do. consoles? I'm sure they do. I'm It'd be sure very it's going to be a slap to the face. Maybe not on consoles, but they'll, they'll certainly support it. It'd be smart, right? And, and go... Uh, if they did on consoles, in my opinion. Yeah, and they won't be going towards paid mods like Bethesda did. That's for certain. Well, here's what's interesting about it. The trailer very heavily leaned into Bethesda's woes as of late by saying the original creator of Fallout and then Dude, also had... saying the developer of Fallout Seven, uh, Fallout uh, New Vegas. Fallout New Vegas is one of those games that it's one of the most beloved entries in the in the franchise, um, and definitely for longtime fans because it went back more towards the original games and harkened back to a lot of that stuff while also utilizing the Bethesda engine. So you know they had no real plans to reveal that, and they're just like a week before Game Wars, they were like they were seeing all this Fallout stuff happening, and Obsidian was like. Better call Jeff. We got to get a trailer. And I guarantee that's why all those Fallout things are in there. Because those I, are obvious jabs at I Bethesda. think that they probably were going to go ahead and show it at Game Awards anyway. But what probably happened is that they... Tra I guarantee you they probably changed the trailer. Yeah. And because of all the Bethesda mess. And are just try I mean, it makes sense, again, to capitalize off of where Bethesda is falling. And it happens to this be with a series, a Fallout, which is the franchise that Obsidian actually has had some work with. So they can kind of double capitalize. 
capitalize on it. Not only is it a similar type of game, but it's also from somebody who's worked in the in the field before. So I think that that's really cool, and it looks amazing. If you've not gone to check it out, do so. I've uh, watched the trailer like five times already. Graphically, it looks very impressive, and it looks fun, and it looks like exactly what people who were fans of New Vegas would want. What is the, okay? There's two other first person shooters. Oh well, we I don't know if we know one of them is first person shooter. The other one that's like Bioshocky. I don't, um, it just depends on what you're talking about. That's coming out. Yeah, real soon. It's um, that's Bioshocky. Yeah, it's it, it was it was announced earlier this year or late late last year. I can't remember the name of one. It's not necessarily Bioshock. I guess it it looks kind of like Bioshock, but it looks like if you took Bioshock and Metro and kind of shoved them together, um, and it's got a atomic weird, heart. Atomic heart. Thank you. Because that's, between um. Uh, Outer Worlds and Atomic Heart and then Witchfire which I still haven't heard much about that game at least I think I have that name right it's the uh, one they have unveiled um, maybe it's not Witchfire no it is yeah Witchfire uh, from the Game Awards last year which we haven't heard nothing about to my knowledge uh, that game looks dope yeah this does look really good um, so I'm excited for these three kind of like dark yet, uh, what I'm going to assume is heavy narrated, um, first person shooter games because it just looks amazing. They all do. Yeah. It's a good time to be in, uh, for man. First person games are just really coming along in ways that are like, you know, a lot of people, when you think first person, they immediately think first person shooters. Yeah. But man, I'm telling RPG you, RPG elements in first person games, dude, it, in destiny it works so well to like use the hunter dodge or to use the titan slam it's and these aren't first person mechanics that normally you're in games that to are be fair the titan related. slam does pull back in a third person no no i'm talking about the well technically i'm talking about the shoulder charge oh yeah that yeah. okay yeah the, the, the melee ballistic, well yeah I, I am getting the names up ballistic slam is the new one i'm talking about like when you shoulder yeah charge. shoulder charge yeah it feels really good I, I, I think that's just called shoulder charge but yeah um but boy yeah, that definitely looks great, and I think that I agree. I didn't actually, I forgot about Witchfire. That's actually, yeah, that does look really cool. But Atomic Heart definitely looks amazing. If you've not seen it and you're a fan of that kind of open world style, but with a Bioshocky uh, kind of take on it, it's like I say, Bioshock and Metro together is what it makes me feel like. If you kind of take both of those and move them together towards something like that, um, let's see. There's a couple other things. Uh, Atlas is a new gigantic survival MMO from the team that made Ark Survival Evolved. Uh, that doesn't leave me with a lot of confidence in it because Ark is still a very broken game and it's it's a very poorly optimized game. Um, Psychonauts 2, uh, and I actually, Psychonauts 1 is a great game. It's really a unique game. Psychonauts 2 is coming out next year is what it looks like right now. Uh, and it got a new trailer. So if you're interested in that series at all, go check out the trailer. Is that be on I won't Switch? say much more. Right now, I don't think so. Okay. It looks like right now it's going to be PlayStation, PC, and I think Xbox. I'll still probably pick it up for PlayStation. Yeah. Um, Mortal Kombat 11 was shown. Yeah. They had Ed Boon come out. They, uh, they didn't show enough for me. 10 lost its magic so quickly. Oh, dude, within, a, within like a day. Yeah, whereas 9 I played for so long. I played 9 for almost a year straight. But 10 did a lot, did away with a lot of the things that 9 made me love about it, which was like uh, tag team battles and like uh, two-player battles where you could pull in and, and, and switch out between characters. That was gone, and that was something I really loved. And it, it just, something about the competitive scene around it wasn't nearly as fun. We played... Uh, Mortal Kombat 9 so much competitively. Yeah, we, we did too. And had like house parties around it and had people come over and fight. And that was something that I just never found with that game. It was a really, it was a shame. Um, anyway, a couple of other things we'll talk about here. Uh, Bioware 
did their Dragon Age 4 teaser, which was kind of... Everybody knew it was coming to an extent, but what I liked that they did about it is that it was a teaser that didn't even say Dragon Age Four. It just if you knew Dragon Age, you knew it was Dragon Age. Yeah, uh, and it, uh, it was. I just I just watched it. and I'm like, here yeah, are them are elves. Yeah, they're very dead elves. <laughs> it's really cool. Yeah. So I mean, that game is still a far way away. I would bet. I'm not. I'm not too excited from off that trailer alone. I hate CGI trailers for reveals. It doesn't really do much for me unless it's an actual game like announcement. We all knew Dragon Age Four has been rumored for like a year now sure. to come out, and I never played Inquisition. Two was pretty decent. Inquisition but. was far different. Two was two is the oddball of the group. Two was like very fast, action oriented, uh, fast paced. That's Origins, right? No, no, no. Origins was the first. Dragon Age Origins what is, is the first entry. What is two sub name? Dragon Age Two. Okay, I was gonna say because you're describing, it, I'm like, yeah, this game was not fast. I played Origins. Origins let you take individual control, and it was kind of like uh, you'd attack, but then you could partner your team up to come yeah. on and help you okay. and then uh, inquisitions thing that they did was they took the uh it's like mmo it, they combat inquisitions took the idea from mass effect where you could have the top down uh, view so you'd, it would pause the whole game pull up and you could essentially go through and look at what you're going to do and i can't remember the word they used for it but real time turn-based i mean essentially but it was like a specific view that would you would utilize see where everything's at and then you'd go into battle and do what you needed to do uh, and it was interesting but the game just never clicked with me donovan yeah. really liked it i i, I have to see it on sale all the time yeah uh, like less than ten dollars so i was like you know I'm, i might as well pick it up one day it's on digital sale i still have it on pc i may just go back and play it one of these days all the way through it looks really pretty i'll give it that uh next thing up that was uh which is nice to see rage 2 launches on may 14th still looks super fun uh the co- I mean, something about the way they're doing shooting in that game just really is clicking satisfying. with me, dude. Yeah. It reminds me so much of Killzone mixed with Doom. And I'm so down for that combination of shooting. Uh, and the world just looks fun. I think it, they've done a good job with taking the style being a, more, a little bit more silly and off the wall than they did with Rage 1, which was very serious toned. Same. Anyway, uh, next up. For Saul, this is probably a nice rim. Persona 5 Joker is making it into Super Smash Bought Brothers Smash Ultimate. Pass on day one. Making people think that Persona 5 may lose its PlayStation console exclusivity uh, and go over to the Switch, though right now there's no confirmation on that. And, of course, uh, let's see, all the winners that they did. So I'll make it talk about the fact that God of no, War got no, Game of the Year. Before before we go into this, I want to be in agreement. Since last year, we did such a bad job about saying this. Oh, this is already my game of the year. So many times before actual awards. Yeah. I don't want to reveal my game of the year. No, yet. nor am I. But what I want to say here that was really interesting, and I've talked about this a couple of times with people. I'm, I'm happy that God of War got game of the year of, of the nominations that were there. But it didn't feel deserved in when you look at the other awards. Because the two awards that it got outside of Game of the Year feels, was Best Game Direction and Best hack or uh, best Action Adventure. If, now, here's the problem. They're, they're all swapped. It feels like a couple of these, like Best... Um, uh, now, I do know Red Dead Redemption soundtrack is good. It's not as good as God of Wars, in my opinion. Uh, and, and these are very loose things. Like I said, for Red Dead, in my opinion, when I look at it, uh, Red Dead just did a good job of making you feel like you were in the era. I'll give it this. I get, the, yeah, song, true. the song that they played at the Game Awards is the song that hits at the end of the game. And where it's at, and contextually speaking, it's a, it's a great. See, I need to get there. Uh, but as far as the rest of the soundtrack, I do, like, I find myself listening to God of War soundtrack. Track 
occasionally on Google Play Music, uh, and that's not something I can say of the Red Dead soundtrack. Best ongoing games Fortnite, which I guess makes sense when you're talking numbers, but sure. that's not the better game than Destiny Two is. That's not the better game than Final Fantasy Fourteen is. <sighs> it, but it, on, it honest, honestly makes sense considering a how many people play it and how much they do to constantly update the game and support the players. No, I'm not saying that it's a bad game in that sense. I'm just saying that it's... But I think it deserves the award in the sense that it is the best ongoing game for a lot of people. It's this generation's Minecraft. It is. It it's, very much it's is. It's absolutely crazy how that game that was that was free that became a $30 uh, get your battle royale free for a week thing past did and then now it's this yeah when i got i paid the 30 dollars to play it the weekend early because i was off that weekend and i'd never played a battle royale game i was like this is pretty fun soon got tired out on it then picked it back up then soon got tired on it then picked it back up i went through phases with this game never at all did it click to me or occur that this game was going to be worth billions i mean yeah total media that it has done now. yeah 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 absolutely it's ridiculous um, but to get back real quick to the point i was trying to make about the game of the year for god of war it doesn't feel right when you look at the other and he has the list up right now so best narrative is red dead redemption 2 best score red dead redemption 2 best audio design red dead redemption 2 i think best performance is red dead redemption 2 or what i, can't I don't re- even see yeah no uh well technically yeah, yeah, yeah roger clark is so roger arthur. clark is arthur morgan Boy. all right so when you look at all these things and i'm not saying that red dead doesn't deserve these I, that's again this is all really subjective but when you look at what's going on and the way that they weight these scores and everything it doesn't feel like God of War is the game of the year when you look at all of these and the game with the best story and the best uh, score and the best it's audio cute. design and the best performance. All of the things that you would normally look at were like, well, what would make my game of the year? Well, my game of the year would have the best story. It would probably have the best music. It'd have the best audio design. It would have the best performance from somebody. And all of these things it was the Illuminati. don't add up. Yeah. But all those things don't add up when you think about it. Like, honestly, I think it would have felt more in line with everything that was going on if Red Dead would have won because the rest of the night's awards don't make sense. You know, we were serving here and like... When it, when it all came up, I think Fortnite was one of them. Red Dead was one of them. God of War was one of them. I remember, I think we even said to each other, Red Dead. Yeah. Like, And then they said God of War, like, what? <laughs> yeah, it just felt weird. I was happy, and I'm glad that the team at Santa Monica got it. It just goes to show, in my opinion, like, when you look at these, the way they're weighted doesn't make sense. The game of the year should also probably be the one that heads the most awards in other areas. Uh, definitely in the areas that tend to make up what you look for in a game of the year, which is not only story, but gameplay and stuff like that. So when you look at it in that sense, it's just so weird. I will say that, that it won. The art know? art direction, they have Return of the Abra Den. Dude, look at this game. It's it like looks black sick. and white inkscape almost. Yeah, it looks sick. Like uh, somebody had done uh, pencil or pen art with uh, just black ink. You know, this game has a 10 out of 10 on Steam out of 1,700 reviews. That's a good game. I really want to go home and pick this game up on Steam, or at least when it goes on sale, because it looks pretty good. Yeah, it looks interesting. But, But, I mean... you got Well, at least you got, like... You got Celeste for three of them, right? You got Games for Impact, Best Independent Game, and there's one more for Celeste, I thought? I want to... Uh, okay maybe not uh, I, I like that best VR game all of the VR games are best VR AR game I, if I'm not mistaken every nominee was a PSVR game uh, which is Good. not surprising It's ob- it goes to show that when you're looking at something like this PSVR is the the leader of its uh, of its market doesn't even have to be the most powerful or the best mm-hmm. in terms of uh, you know 
perform uh, what would you call it the best tracking stuff like that it's not the best overall package in terms of how good the graphics are or how well the tracking is but it, it ends up being the best by the nature of what games it's getting and that's a that's a testament to how well sony have done to not only support it themselves but what other people have done to come in and support what it. what is as well. into the breach i don't know it says best strategy game well, there I've you never go. heard of it before. It's a strategy game, so I'm gonna smack you around a little bit. Is there anything else you want to talk about from that list uh, that that stands out without, to you as without, really interesting? Without giving too much away, hush. Why is the volume so? <laughs> okay, sorry about that. So professional. This game actually looks pretty dope. It looks like a venture, uh, not a venture, uh, advanced wars mixed with um, tactics. Anyways, uh, without giving too much away. For an episode we're going to do here in the next couple of weeks, I'm not going to say much. I'm going to say that there are some games that are incredibly deserving of their titles that they've I, got. I'm so glad that it won something. I'm so glad this game won something too. But I cannot I, believe. Anything, I cannot believe it that beat something else. That it got beat out by something else in terms of uh, best action game. It got beat out. Well. It got beat out in another category. The game oh, that won that's it. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. What what category was that? Out of out of curiosity, do you remember? Best uh, best indie game. I want to say. Oh man. Best independent game. Corey got that one with Celeste. And you know what? I'm you I'm know happy what? for him. Yeah, that that game deserves it. All right, well, Saul, is there anything else you would like uh, to throw up? Uh, n- no. <laughs> I would not like to throw up at all. Are uh, you let us sure? let, let let us know what you guys thought of the game awards overall. Like, did you agree with the winner? Uh, did you think Red Dead was the better game? Let us know, and uh, we'll see you guys soon. Once again, remember, a little off-topic from PlayStation, but uh, if you want to play Smash, join the Discord, <laughs> and uh, we'll... we'll uh, Somebody needs to bring this man down a peg. Please, if Blaze, you own say, a Switch. Technically, Blaze did. He beat me once. With Lucina? Yes. Yeah, there you go. But we were also talking about future channel stuff, and I was kind of distracted, and I killed myself. Stupid Toon Link's down smash is just straight down. I was over the ledge. So, <laughs> all right. Anyway, he that will be though. all for this. And this is what, 89? Is that right? Yep. Oh, man. 89 yeah, episodes 89, of this show. Yep. All right. But thanks. It's been Triangle Squared. Thanks, guys. <laughs> thanks to our patrons Chad V, Dan Barber, Josh Jarrell, Mikey12. My name is Dan, Douglas Below, Sean Santarude, Shadowist, Steven Salazar, The Stonard, Travis Below, Blake Post, Eduardo Palomino. If you would like to support this channel, the link will be in the description below. We appreciate it. Thanks.